And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering thing, er, everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter, more importantly, that is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook, that is facebook.com slash HEFPod, where all the latest episodes, uh, drops, and all the latest news and notes on the Eintracht in the English language can be found. Don't do this program alone. And joining me uh, for the first time, uh, as we have the full crew available, we have Nathan in St. Louis. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Not too bad. It's good to have you back on. Uh, we could oh, all wow. we could all delve into hockey talk, but I'm pretty sure we, uh, due to schedules, let's get right to the Eintracht talk. But bringing someone also in <laughs> from the west coast of the <laughs> United States as he's finally returned from his European adventures, at least for the nonce, and at least until the Super Bowl where we can then talk trash on each other even more, <laughs> is Roman in San Francisco. <laughs> 49ers, woo! <laughs> yeah, um, thank you, Brian. Awesome. So cool, Nathan, to have you and all three of us together. Even I'm excited. Yeah. That's super cool. After that long break, and God, uh, I needed here. it. The winter pause, it was, I think it came at the <laughs> right time. Let's be honest, uh, as we entered at the winter break, the Eintracht was in a absolutely absolute meltdown. We had, let's see, ever since we basically beat Bayern, we had only one result where we did not lose in the Bundesliga. That is one point for seven. That is horrible, horrible form. It wasn't a fact of Eintracht, you know, you know, not scoring. It was just a, just a whole bunch of factors that were laid in. I mean, Eintracht did in, end up being able to qualify for the knockout phase of the Europa League, finishing in second. We'll be playing against um, the Aust- that Austrian fizzy drink club. Their Leipzig counterparts are Eintracht's next opponent in the Bundesliga. But, guys, uh, needless to say, when the, the Eintracht went out to Florida, I was uh, very much relieved that uh, the that they were able to spend some time kind of working on uh, more of a game plan, more of a trying to identify a better uh, scenario to go with. So, for example, with Hoffenheim, uh, we debuted a 4-4-2, kind of formation, trying to change up things because we definitely needed it. But... I really think that the Eintracht might, oh, well, I don't think that we're going to be competing for European places this season. I think we're kind of a mid-table sort of club. We kind of find ourselves in this post-Buffalo's era. Roman, what has been your kind of takeaways from the summer training session headed into the Hoffenheim match before we dissect Hoffenheim versus Eintracht? Yeah, well, first of all, like I said, they really needed the break. Like there was, uh, I think that was the best winter pause uh, ever, you know. I mean, the the timing was amazing. There were some talks about, you know, we should do it like England, you know, keep, uh, or the Premier League, you know, keep playing longer and like let's skip the winter pause. I was like, holy (laughs) shit, no, let's, (laughs) that was so good. Because as you said, they knew what to, uh, uh, what they did wrong, right? So for the, for us, the practice uh, was actually pretty good because they, um, before, you know, they had like highs and everything. So now they knew what was not working, right? So they had enough games, enough video material to know what's not good, what didn't work, uh, um, what, what mistakes they did. So they knew what to turn off. I hope, I hope they analyzed it correctly. So that's, uh, that, uh, that will, that has to be seen. I mean, if you win all the time, you don't really know what you do wrong. You, you know, it's a pick, uh, it's, it's a little, picky got to be picky about mistakes and stuff but this time you really knew everything they tried didn't work you know yeah. uh, in the last games um from from all types you know with the players with this and that and everything so they knew they had to change things i love change right there's a san francisco uh, guy you know i like change and i think it happened to the right time and let's hope 
um, uh, he, he, um, Hütter did the, did the right adjustments because there were already talks in Frankfurt, uh, you know, that uh, who knows if Hütter even is, you know, the good guy that he, that we all thought he is. Um, so it, this is, this has to be seen, right? So the first doubt, the plants, uh, the seeds of doubts um, are, are sown. And now we, we have to see, you know, what's 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 going on, what's going to happen. It's, it's going to be exciting. Of course, I, I was totally annoyed because Frankfurt is in the U.S. again and I was in Germany, as always, <laughs> you know. Um, so at some point, I think they uh, Frankfurt checks checks my calendar to to schedule um, the, God, the their, their, U.S., their U.S. visits. Or the fact I'm not... that, you know, the winter pause yeah. wasn't <laughs> as long as it has been previously. You know, last uh, January, we were had multiple matches in the Florida Cup but this year you know they could only do one match because and this is because the Bundesliga is ending a little bit er, it's seasonal earlier to allow uh the national team's preparation for the Euros European this coming summer's European Championships so that kind of it's kind of annoying that the Eintracht was experiencing that but hey you know played against a uh, fellow Bundesliga opposition in Hertha Berlin and from all uh, the people who I have spoken with who were down in Florida, the Eintracht, despite uh, the kind of short term uh, and kind of quick turnaround, not as much information kind of being put out there until kind of a little last minute kind of uh, information that was put out there. Some people weren't able to make uh, the trip out there as neither, neither the three of us were able to uh, visit Florida. And I know a few other people who weren't able to. Um we did a lot better at organizing ourselves than Hertha Berlin, at least. So I uh, give the club a little bit of credit in the fact that, you know, they had people there at the match. Uh, you know, scars were given out, jerseys were sold. You had uh, little Eintracht flags all over the stadium, and you had nothing from Hertha. So at least we're a little ahead in uh, our playing development of uh, American domination. Uh, that is also mm-hmm. demonstrated from the uh, New York office being open. But Nathan, was... uh, what what have you taken from our kind of, uh, mid-season break uh, operations? Uh, are we in a good place to kind of proceed forward? I mean, sure, we can get into Hoffenheim in a second, but want to get yeah. your thoughts. I'll uh, try to keep it brief, but I, I think the biggest thing out of the break is clearly the rest as Roman talked about, but also the big selfish thing for us American fans is opening that New York office. And um, I wondered, I, I, I'd probably yeah. get conspiratorial and read the tea leaves a little too much, but they were, I mean, they were selling jerseys here in the United States, which I feel like tips off the fact that they can sell things here. So perhaps maybe soon we will be able to do memberships and all the sorts of stuff that we can do and get jerseys quicker uh, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> Payments. And you don't have to yeah. pay the four what thirty five yeah. forty euros just to get uh, merch uh, right. sent from Germany to the United States because that's just nuts. Well, I'd rather give the I'd rather give that thirty extra euro yeah. or whatever it would be back to Frankfurt specifically if I'm going to be buying merch. Um, Hopefully I don't exactly. think about that because then I'll, it'll register in my brain. Well, you're saving 30, 30-ish bucks, so why don't you spend 30 more dollars? Anyways, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> spend it on your membership renewal. <laughs> That's what they want. That's, you got well, hopefully it. Hopefully they're you listening. Got it. That's what they want. That's what they... <laughs> they make the prices high and weird. And anyone from the yeah. iTrack <laughs> is listening. Yes, please so can uh, we, let can, us know on your plans. So can, can we, we go, go by now? Can we visit the New York office? Because like they said, like when Hellman was like uh, doing his little speech at Times Square, right? He was like, yeah, come visit us. It's like, was that like to everyone? Like can fans now go and hey, you know, let's go to New York. And when we're in New York, you know, after the uh, after the Empire State Building, go to the, um, uh, or is that it's just from, business? It's probably a mixed bag. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, from I would what have... I have read, there's not, they have... Yeah. Um, full uh, Eintracht employees who are going to be out there, but they also have kind of third-party people who are constantly there uh, working on um, planned Eintracht tours. Uh, Hint, hint, nudge, nudge for this coming summer. So something for us all to look forward to and all to plan for, especially when uh, some people's jobs have a certain July, summertime shut down. So I need something to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I'm, I'm Good. pretty psyched about the second half of the season. Well, just generally because the first half of the season didn't go uh, particularly well. So Oof. I think, as Roman pointed out, Putcher's <laughs> job is probably on the line for the next half of the season. So we'll see. Um, I like the formation so far, but we saw it sort of uh, the last game of the season, or the last game of with Paderborn, so... Um, Ugh, less yeah. said about that one, the better. Right. I mean, you lose to Paderborn and Cone and back-to-back. Though, to be fair, Cologne has won four straight and has yanked themselves from the sheer foot of the Bundesliga table. And, you know, uh, at least into relative safety. And, you know, from a selfish standpoint, when it comes to the Bundesliga, as we trend uh, in our final year of contract in the United States, uh, with Fox before you head over to ESPN. Cone is a kind of team that you would want to have stick around. Also likes a Paderborn can just snuff it. And mines too. You know, not forgetting those guys at all. <laughs> so let's move into Eintracht versus Hoffenheim as Eintracht came away 2-1 victors. Um, a pretty nifty goal in that first half from Bas Dost to get me off my butt uh, early in the morning as I was adjusting to the, the return of the Bundesliga and its early kickoff times, at least here in the United States. Uh, for me, I think, uh, seeing him actually score a goal and actually being able to move around and him able to play the 90 minutes, I was more impressed with the fact that he able was able to last the 90 after he's had some um, injury issues and not being able yeah. to uh, do play the full 90. But the 4-4-2 formation, he looked good. Gastinovich looked good uh, playing with him. Uh, Costas and Chandler were really good on the flanks. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. So, looked good as well. Um you know, it for the first time. It seemed like for the first time in a long while that our defensive pairing, and this was uh, with a four uh, back formation with Torre and Nindika on the sides, uh, Hinteregger and Abraham taken over the middle. Welcome back, Abraham, after you had a little slip up in uh, Freiburg. <clears throat> Less said about that, the better. Uh, the Eintracht then uh, proceeded to let Hoffenheim have all the position that they wanted and. Uh, Eintracht came away with the victory. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, Nathan, what what did you make of the way that uh, we win against Hoffenheim, specifically from a tactical point of view? Because I think that uh, we were able to negate their um, by crowning the midfield. We were able to negate the four three three that Hoffenheim threw at us. Yeah, it's difficult to dis- to like really kind of sift through like what this specifically means uh to me i think the key word here is confidence in building a different system that works and so from that perspective Mm -hmm. we got a victory it kind of worked there i mean it was pretty dicey the 2-1 victory um there i mean we weren't getting much through um in the second half specifically and uh timmy chandler's goal kind of came through out of nowhere um from a uh the free kick from Kostic, I think. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it, it's kind of just building that confidence that we can do something different with uh, those back lines. The one thing I would say that I, I don't think Gacinovic is going to get enough credit. Yeah. I'm usually a big critic of his. Um, he kind of tries to do too much. But I th- I think in this game yeah, specifically, he was doing too much in, in really positive ways. He was he was the, the force forward for Dost. Um, and and really pushing those attacks forward, but he was also so, uh, rushing his ass back to play defense. He was almost playing like a five man defense. Mm. He would get back so deep, and I I really appreciated that using him as a weapon in that regard. So I you know confidence in the system tr- to change it up depending on who we're playing. You know I, I think if we if if you if you really have two systems in lock that you can just pivot on, you're really going to screw with uh, the competition's head. So, again, I'm not really entirely sure everything worked because Hoffenheim is having their own shit show of problems right now. Um, and their, their, <laughs> their back line is, is, yeah. is 
quite good. So I I don't I mean I from that perspective like you know again confidence that we can penetrate and and score some goals. For anyone who kind of wanted to know was, uh, know a little bit more about what was going on in Hoffenheim, please see uh, the previous episode where we had a wonderful chat with uh, the man who runs Hoffenheim's uh, English Twitter, uh, the Hoffenheim fan English Twitter feed. Uh, so kind of did a really good breakdown of uh, what has been going on with Hoffenheim and this perennial state of change that they are going in. So Eintracht benefiting from uh Hoffenheim not being as together I think that maybe indeed and now this is just one match but uh the extra training in terms of uh focusing on a different formation to throw out there we looked good one player who again uh saw time on the pitch that pisses me off was Kor uh this guy is freaking how long did it take for him to get a yellow card to be fair I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, to look, be I know to it was fair. at the very end of the match, but right. like, what? He was only on for like six, seven minutes and whacked a guy. And I'm like, dude, I swear to God, the last time you did that, you did that twice in the span of like 10 minutes and you got sent off in the first half. And we basically were chasing our asses. And I think that was uh, our loss to uh, Wolfsburg. Yeah, to to be fair on his part, I think he was sent out there to slow down the game and like piss them off and get them off of their their attack yeah. forward because they were pressing a little bit and we were we were getting a little tired. So yeah, I I'm not a big fan of uh, yellow cards. Even Bastos' uh, yellow card was chippy and unnecessary. So, but they were clearly told to to be yeah. real be really physical and push that. Yeah, I would have, in that position, I still would have thought that if we needed to kind of put, to have guys who have just more legs, I would have wanted Paciencia uh, to have replaced uh, Bastost um, to be able to, one, get fresh legs, and two, uh, someone with a little bit more speed. Now, Dost is more of a kind of big bruiser type, and obviously... Uh, with this yellow card, uh, everyone could see that through that tackle that <laughs> he was doing that sort of job. But I think I would have wanted Paciencia kind of being that guy up top running to and fro and making those kind of tackles mostly because then, you know, uh, he would be able to move from point A to point B on the field in quicker fashion. But that's just my preference and that. It would be interesting how Paciencia is going to make it, you know. I mean, like uh, I don't know, maybe he he may be the loser of the uh, of the new tactical, yeah. um, so to say. Um, I, it would be interesting to see. I hope not, I, because I, I would agree with you. But for some reason, um, he he the, the the right fit for now, or at least in that in that situation. So who knows what Hütter Hütter sees. I still think we got plenty of flexibility. You have Paciencia, yeah. you have uh, Silva. Jovalik uh, is a project, um, like a long-term sort of project, as is a uh, signing that's going to be joining the Eintracht in the summer. I mean, at this point in time, I keep on hoping that uh, the Eintracht will get um, maybe pick up uh, Mahmoud Dahoud from... Uh, from Bayfowl Bay and Jakob Larsen. Yeah. I'd like him to also join the Eintracht. Though, I mean, we do have a fair bit of guys who can play on the wing. We need more guys who can play in the central uh, part of the pitch. And I think Dahoud, especially since Fernandez is, uh, he's out until like April, May with uh, his tendons, uh, you know, like in terms of, and, Plus, you know, he's kind of getting up there in years and was starting to be a yellow card and red card waiting to happen for quite a while there. I think that it that someone like that would add uh, strength to the Eintracht in the central part of the pitch. And especially with the team that Eintracht is facing this weekend, uh, we can use all the help that we can get because the team coming up is nasty bit of work. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. What do you guys but, uh, think about the return of Trapp? I mean, uh, we, hmm. Rono has been obviously uh, a great goalkeeper in, uh, uh, but I think the, I would even, I might even say maybe a little bit more 
better would be a little bit better. But I think Trapp is super important for the team, as weird as it sounds. I think his return also marks, uh, you know, a return to more winning games. That's like my, my, my theory. What do you guys think? I think he's very important for motivational purposes and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for giving Ronaldo a, a try, but as long as we keep winning with Trap, there's no reason that we don't go with him. Um, he's yeah. more of a, he's more of a captain on the field than Ronaldo yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. exactly, and that's why I would lean more towards uh, Kevin Trapp being the keeper because uh, whilst I think as in ter- terms of the the goalkeeper skills, I think Ronaldo is better than Trapp. I think what Trapp brings is a slight bit more familiarity with the defensive players. Uh, just uh, just comes from you know the more match played and yeah, more trust. And more kind of a captain's leadership coming from behind, which is some of the, some of the intangibles that you know just can't you you can't either you have them or you don't. You yeah. can't just like the you can't really develop them over time. Either you have the, them there or you don't. Yeah, def- definitely his his authority is uh, way higher, you know. So I think like he's he's maybe a little bit ma- uh, uh, more able to kind of steer the defense, you know, like kind of. Um, whereas maybe Renault would be quicker, maybe on the on the uh, in, in in the goal itself, but maybe organizing or the players listen to him and stuff like this. I think Trapp is. Uh, I think it's you, you saw in this game how important he actually is, even not for his performance, but for the rest, for being in the team, mm-hmm. uh, for being part of the team and being on the pitch. Um, yeah, that's that. That was kind of my learnings after the time with Renault, where Renault did a really great time while he was at the goal, but the team didn't. Right, so he wasn't really. I'm, I'm not blaming him for the for the for the losses of games in the in the end of the Hinrunde, yeah. but um, uh, but maybe a little bit of difference is if you have somebody like Trapp in the in the goal, you know, that that kind of maybe for Touré and Indica, you know, those young ones, they maybe need a dude, you know, who tells them where to go or to run back, you know. So I, I would assume if I were a player and and I'd be be too slow or whatever and i have somebody like trap uh, shouting at me it would be different than if renault would be like oh please come back you know so could be these things as well <laughs> i would also kind of point out that uh when uh, ronald was out and we had to we had to re- rely on viedwald i was i've ne- i've never been oh, as, sh- as scared for my life as i <laughs> yeah. was to be fair uh, like so long as Ronald and Trap are healthy, um, God, th- we sound we sound really mean to Felix Viedval, but good God, you just that that no. goal against no, we're not. Wolfsburg. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to see it with Viedval. Viedval is a great third goalkeeper, right? Don't get me wrong. For him, for for a third, I think he's a great pick, exactly. right? Um, because usually you have like a, an 18 or 17 year old dude from, you know, the, I don't know, Oberliga or where, Regionalliga, wherever they play, you know. So um, we don't even have an under 23 team, right? So uh, that's why we were lucky to have somebody like Wiedwald, right? The problem that we had is that Trapp was injured and that Renault, he can't do five, six games in a row. That's what's, what we have to analyze. You know, and especially when it comes to will he go, will he be sold at some point? Because he definitely has skills. Renault has awesome. Uh, um, like I think he could be a really valuable goalkeeper, but if he keeps being injured, you know, after every three, four, five games, that's going to be tough. Yeah, definitely his price got down after that injury again. Because like, if he would have played all the yeah. way through the trap, there would be like this official fight, trap versus Renault, and of course, trap would have been like the um, the pick. Uh, but Rono, we could have sold Rono, or he could have like moved to a better team, like saying, "Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a great goalkeeper." Now with that injury again, you know, I don't think anybody's gonna rely on Rono as the number one. You know, I don't, I wouldn't. You know, fair, fairly enough. If 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 Trapp would leave Eintracht Frankfurt and we had Rono number one, I would try to make sure we get a really, really good solid number two. Right, because I don't think you can, and that's really sad to say. Right, because I love Renault. I think he he would have he had the awesome chance, and he paid back um, the trust uh, while he was playing. But um, yeah, his injuries that's um, that's trouble for his career. Put it this way. I, I, I'm sorry about that for him. 
Uh, totally it's a through line with a few speaking. players, right? Yeah, that's a through line with a few younger players right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of young players, uh, I tried Frankfurt. Let's get into uh, some of the the two moves that have been done. Uh, on a permanent basis by the Eintracht. So um, Eintracht is going to be, and I kind of hinted at it just a little bit ago, uh, bringing in a striker in the summer. Uh, a local Frankfurt boy uh, is going to be coming to us from the Eredivisie, uh, from Sparta Rotterdam, uh, Ragnar Asche. Um, he never went through, he didn't really go through the Eintracht U system uh, whilst born in the area. Um he actually kind of took off in, you know, he moved over to Holland uh, for his career in the youth ranks and has gone through with the the lesser of the two clubs in Rotterdam in Holland and has been doing pretty good. Uh, from what I've seen, uh, it looks like a player who, for a mere 2 million euros, is another kind of project uh, striker to, for us to have. And it's got a little bit of Alher about him in terms of a big body, mobile, able to hold up play, uh, bang him in uh, mm -hmm. from the field and through the air. Um, not scoring as many as Alea was in the Eredivisie when he made his big money move to the Eintracht before his uh, move uh, to England, which has not really panned out. But, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I, that's entirely not his fault. But... I see this as something uh, good for the future. Any any comments, guys, before we talk about Follett uh, going out on loan, which looks like the end of his career at Eintracht? Yeah, I like I like these. Waiting. Hmm? <laughs> I, I was just saying I'd like to see. I don't really know anything about him other than uh, his, his roots with uh, the city. Yeah. I, I like, I like, but though what I like is that we get again these kind of picks where we don't really know a lot about, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, I, in in manga we trust, so to say, kind of. Um, uh, I think that's the way Frankfurt has to do it. You know, we have to get more project players and get them earlier on. You know, so um, I mean, this season our problem was that. Uh, we tried to get a non-project uh, player like uh, like Dost, you know, and I mean, oh, yeah, he scored, cool. So let's hope he he understood what was happening. So maybe he's he is what they what they saw in him. But mm -hmm. I think we need to we need to think like one or two years in advance, you know. So kind of with Juvelic, you know, get him now. Uh, maybe we maybe we should have put him on loan uh, this season or maybe for the something like this, you know, but get them early, get them used to the speed, get them used to the Bundesliga and then hope they pan out, you know, kind of we did with Jovic. I mean, that was just like a, a, a prime, a prime situation, you know, like he was he was joker for a long, long time um, and until he kind of made it. And I think we have to have this this uh, this. These these possi these possibilities again, you know. We need like some stable strikers who we basically have from from the get go, and then we need somebody we can throw in for the last twenty minutes, you know, to to uh, to keep up the speed when when the others are tired. And maybe he's one of those players, you know. So that's what I what what I hope. Not that I know anything about him, but that's just the hopes. <laughs> uh, Roman, then that kind of makes me uh, throw this question to you. Um, now he didn't go through the Eintracht youth ranks, but he is a local boy. How many? It like it's it's kind of a in the kind of European soccer landscape. It's kind of a joke that in that P Paris Saint Germain PSG where we got Kevin Trapp from uh, that their own youth ranks. Um, they don't. Ha they are. There's so many guys from Paris. Now Paris is a little bit bigger than Frankfurt, but the thing is that. There are so many quote Paris boy, Paris boys, that you know they don't make it for the P into the PSG youth ranks, mm. or they don't make it because there's not enough bodies, or you know the, the the they don't have a good progression to make it into the first team, and then they break through with another team. Are we, is uh, Ache one just a one off that didn't go through the Eintracht ranks, or are there actually multiple? Um, Eintracht Frankfurt players who uh, have not gone through, who don't take on the Eintracht, go through the Eintracht youth system, and we're missing out on talent. 
goes. So in history, Frankfurt youth players has always uh, they have always sucked. There there was one generation where it kind of worked. You know, there was like the Rose, uh, Jung. Um, uh, who else was there? Um, even like Stendera, you know. So this was kind of like a generation, I would say, where they, where a lot of young players actually made it uh, um, to some extent. Uh, but you, like even my memories from the 90s, you know, we had like with Patrick Falk, uh, you know, we had all these cool prospective uh, players. And even like in the times where everyone... You know, in the worst soccer uh, period of our of our lives, where everyone who could kick a ball got a contract at Eintracht Frankfurt, um, uh, even there the youth has never been really really good. You know, so Frankfurt has always has always had a problem with youth players. Um, I hope they realized it, and maybe Andy Müller. <laughs> um, uh, gets, 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 <laughs> gets in some changes <coughs> did i just actually say that i think i did what did my brain do but um <laughs> i don't know why you know so it's a it's a very weird situation um where if like uh, like Kempf, you know i mean there are a few ones out there right now from from our youth team but they don't really make it in frankfurt or even waldschmidt um frankfurt is a weird team maybe for They're either too big or too small, or there there never seems to be a fit and a coach who 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 gives the players time uh, to evolve in this atmosphere, and or uh, they don't really play closely together. I mean, the biggest problem that I think that Frankfurt has in in, in youth wise is that the um, you know the the, the young team the young players they're practicing at the Riederwald, which is like on the other side of town, you know. So there's basically it's like two clubs, even though it's one. You know, so if I ever had to say anything at Eintracht Frankfurt, I would try to merge this together. You know, like a coach mm. has to, like Adi Hütte has to be involved in the youth, the youth tees. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I would, what I think is the biggest problem. It's two different teams. Uh, it's, I mean, it is two different clubs, right? We have like the AG, uh, um, uh, right. the Inc., and then we have the the um, the club. So it's. And I think that's what I, my humble opinion, that's the biggest problem they have. They don't really, for some reason, they don't integrate good enough. Um, they don't have the same philosophy. And if they have a candidate, for some reason, they always ruin it. Um, yeah. It has always been the same. Like, as long as I'm an Eintracht Frankfurt fan, besides the Jung, Russ, Stendera, uh, I think I'm missing one or two, uh, but um, Alex Meyer. Yeah, well, he, nah, not he's not a Frankfurt youth, but but he started early. Yeah, we never really. Yeah, we're we're just is, not good at it. Oh, Timothy Chandler is, is no, is, he is. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of. Chandler came through uh, with us, but he Nuremberg. didn't break through in our first team, and he went to Nuremberg where he broke through before yeah. coming to the Eintracht. Yeah. You bring up a good point. Aren't aren't isn't the club like moving the? the uh, younger teams into the Waldstadion area? I think they're doing, I think that's the plan with the new headquarter yeah. they're building. Um, but I think they need to do way more of construction because like they need more pitches. Um, like the way I would envision it, let's say if money would not be an issue and location would not be an issue, like this needs to be one big venue, you know, where like the under five kids play kind of next to the Uh, um, uh, the professional team. Also, you know, to 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 get back into this, like you know, to right now, what it is, if you want to see the team play, right, you kind of have to go out of the city. You have to go through the Wald, you know, through the forest, and then somewhere out there, you know, off the autobahn, there is this location uh, where you can watch uh, the team, right? And and this kind of needs to be closer together with with everything, you know. Mm. Um, oh, in, in in a dream world, I'm not saying I don't think it's even possible because you would need the space. Um, other, uh, unless they kick the DFB out with their academy that they're building, and say, okay, let's kick the DFB out of Frankfurt and, and give it all to to Eintracht, but that's not going to happen. So um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I mean, that's that's wishful dreaming. But I think they're doing something. I think they're at least putting the under 19 uh, um, closer to the professionals. At least. That's at least good, but yeah, it's something for us to kind of be mindful, and we'll see if you know more youth players get through on the Eintracht team. Because let's be honest, uh, there there are players on the first team roster, 
that have come through the academy, but we've kind of acknowledged that they're being signed just to uh, get the German uh, uh, coefficient, you know, boost that up. And, I mean, the, maybe this is seen as another way of doing it, but, hey, you know, uh, a local kid, uh, perhaps he will have the real push to move on in his career uh, with the Eintracht. We can only wait and see. So that's going to... I think it's also a, a, a quick one, a quick last one. I think it's also a big problem uh, in other German teams, right? Frankfurt is not alone on this one. Oh, it's a big problem. Right? I think the other problem yeah. that we have... In, yeah, and, and another thing is I think, like, um, they make too much money. This sounds very, very weird, but... Uh, you know, the good old Mike Tyson, if you want to ruin somebody's life, you know, give an 18, 18-year-old 18 a million dollar, you know, and I think that's just what happens. You know, they're like at a too early stage, they think they are too good or, you know, they, they get pampered too much. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that they need to be roughed up or anything, right? That's not what I mean. But if somebody tell, if you are 16 years old and people tell you you will play for Barca or or you know some, that just fucks with your mind, and uh, and then you have like a little injury and you see all of this go away and then and then you start interest with girls and you think you're like the best person in in town in your peer group, that just kills um, so much attitude and and it takes away the hard work that you need to become a professional player, you know. Um, because it's sad as it sounds, if you want to be a professional player, um, and this is my assumptions, right? Probably you kind of have to stop drinking or like, you know, you can't go crazy with drinking. You got to cut down uh, with women's. You need to get good sleep. You need to have a good diet. And this is all the things young people do not care about, you know, <laughs> nope. and, um, and work hard. And, and these things are tough if everyone tells you that you're awesome. The belief in immortality yeah, screws with a lot agree. of people. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. We yeah. just need to hit a home run with this player, and hopefully uh, some other developments will come out for the Eintracht. But yeah. let's get into our favorite segment breaker. Hashtag, what are we drinking? Uh, it The... I should preface this as uh, at time of recording, it is pretty early <laughs> in the morning. So I will, if anyone is doing it, if, Nathan, what what is going on in your brewmaster uh, home of yours? What are you, where are you brewing up? That's a good question. I have a Schwartz beer. I have a Mertzen and um, mm. a Belgian wit beer on tap at my house but nice. in the i'm following uh all the hipsters around the world and not drinking in january so i have let them lager a little bit a little more so they'll be a little cleaner when i hit the taps again on february 1st um right now i'm drinking oh cool coffee <laughs> Yeah, so you're gonna so just waiting for the Super Bowl, waiting for my Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes to squish the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Brian. Um, ah, sorry, <laughs> didn't do that on purpose. Roman, what are you? What are you up to? What are you drinking? Especially now that you have returned to the United States and the. 49ers have returned to the promised land of the Super Bowl, which, let's be honest, by comparison with my own Kansas City Chiefs, uh, this will be, I think, uh, Super Bowl number yeah. seven, eight. Well, I am, um, I am what drinking are you these days. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not drinking anything. Actually, I have to admit it's too early. I mean, I'm. I've been just been on calls and this and that. It's nine o'clock, or oh, not anymore. But uh, you know, just too too busy getting even a coffee out. But it, my first drink will be a coffee. And uh, but I still got to wait because I still got to drive into the city, and uh, before, until I get my. But um, so of course Super Bowl we got to do this li really quickly. And here I am a little bit in in a conflict because obviously uh, since San Francisco moved to Santa Clara, I kind of when I moved here in 2012, that uh, wasn't that when they were the first time at the Super Bowl. I was uh, yeah. ro truly rooting for uh, for uh, for San Francisco, but then when they moved from Candlestick to to Santa Clara, 
and uh, I'm, uh, I, I kind of lost me, so I'm not a diehard San Francisco fan. I'm more of a Raiders dude, but now, of course, the Raiders are going to Vegas, and this show me oh, how fucked up the... that was a the... yesterday, which is hilarious, because they haven't played one game yet, and they're claiming the three titles won by uh, in the time in Oakland and Los Angeles, yeah. both. So, you know, make that of what you will. Yeah. And the black hole is supposed to move, you know, like bullshit. You know, so anyways, you know, that's that's why I don't like member-owned or franchise system sports. Um, so, of course, I will be rooting for San Francisco. And, of course, I hope uh, um, they win. I got my old Frank Gore jersey out. So um, <laughs> I'll be uh, uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be watching in, uh, in, in style. But, yeah, the Santa Clara 40 winers, I they still have to catch my heart. Kaepernick did a little bit to it, right? But I hate it. And this was actually one thing as well. This is where San Francisco could have been San Francisco if they would have kept Kaepernick on the team. That they got rid of mm -hmm. Kaepernick was for me a sign that they're not a San Francisco uh, um, uh, a team, right? So that was my, my other break, so to say, of it. But, of course, I'm going to root them and they're going to beat Kansas City. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Money might be on the line. Beers might be on the line. Uh, it is a little <laughs> early in the day. It's not yet uh, noon here in Kansas City. So, Aronjan's after me. Uh, though, uh, with seeing as, you know, I've still got quite a few hours before I even have to head into work. So, uh, what I've actually been uh, drinking has been the Sam Adams kind of winter sampler pack. And specifically this year, I think that the they have really up, done, outdone themselves with their winter seasonal and their winter lager. Uh, kind of a, uh, I mean, with just kind of your normal winter lager type of beers, uh, the spices that they have in there kind of get get the taste buds a tingling in my in my opinion. And I, for the first time in a long time, I've actually uh, am getting really excited for uh, what is coming out of Sam Adams because they had a great Oktoberfest, cool. they've had a great winter lager. Kind of wondering what they got next. So. Uh, all about Sam Asterisk, Adams. they always have right a good Oktoberfest. <laughs> uh, a, a, like, a, a spin on it. It's not exactly a true Oktoberfest, but it's still pretty damn good. Right, right on. Exactly, exactly. So that that wraps up segment one. We'll be back in Jiffy with segment two, previewing uh, our match against Leipzig and a request for all Eintracht fans around the world. Stay with. And back, segment two. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, Nathan's had to duck out. So it's me and Roman finishing it off. A little request for all new Eintracht Frankfurt fans in the United States. And this is something that a lot of people were talking about uh, when they were down in Florida. Yeah. With our new uh, Eintracht Frankfurt fan clubs. Uh, of course, we uh, have a pending official uh, official verification uh, for Eintracht Heartland that myself and Nathan are a part of. But new Eintracht fan clubs that are being set up that you can get out there on social media and Facebook and uh, a couple on uh, Instagram. Uh, I saw a bunch on Instagram. I really Rocky loved... Mountain is a new one. I really loved following it. You know, like while they were in New York, you know, all these new EFCs mm -hmm. that I've never heard of. Probably, maybe they've been around longer, but, you know, um, it's cool. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about what's happening in the United States. You know, like it feels like we're not alone anymore. I mean, like we've never been alone, but, you know, sometimes you, you feel like you're... Yeah, it's cool. I'm really excited, you know, and, and everyone out there that's... Way better connected, yeah. Roman. Way better connected than we when we first started this podcast because there was a good, uh, good core group, and the core group has grown and grown in and of its own kind, of, in, even within its own ranks. So you know you have your EFC, I might as well call it uh, South uh, South California. You have what I would call North California with EFC Pacific and based in Los the Los Angeles yeah. area. And your yeah, uh, SF Bay Eagles and uh, Frisco area, 
and obviously there is the tech the texas-based uh group in austin there's now a growing group in dallas you know uh, there's just so many texas germans out there and now we have efc rocky mountains uh new york has always been there uh really kind of taken over for the east coast and now we have one in the southeast of the united states efc florida so to those guys running those groups that's super Please cool yeah. i love the logo so congrats to that mm-hmm. one exactly awesome design of the logo so, the La florida one please reach out to us to give us your story i feel bad when i see the look at stories that you have that's what we want to hear we want to kind of give you guys a good platform to kind of promote yourselves so perhaps there's someone who listens to this podcast who doesn't who realizes hey i'm in a I'm close to the Rocky Mountains, or I'm in the southeast area of the United States. Oh, I almost forgot. EFC uh, Indy is also oh, yeah. out there as well. You know, we're we're popping up everywhere. There's EFC Detroit, kind of taking care of the Great Lakes region. Well, I mean, I know some people in Chicago have some animosity towards people in Detroit, but it's all about the love here. So reach out to us, and we'll kind of give your fan story uh, plug and hope and allow you to let everyone know how to get in contact with you guys. Cause the more Eintracht Frankfurt fans, the better agreed Roman. Exactly. Absolutely. Eintracht Frankfurt international. That's what we do. We need to get connected better. Exactly. Anyways, reach out to us. Love to interview Leipzig, Leipzig, the team we all hate. Yeah. Our common, common enemy. We're also the top of the Bundesliga by a good margin, which is, I think that's scarier. Or let me go over the scary facts, Roman. This is going to really make you get worried. Uh, but if you're a betting man, hey, you know, some of these betting odds might uh, be worth a punt. So um, Leipzig has, in their last nine matches in the Bundesliga, they have scored at least three goals. Woof. Hmm. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt, when it comes to... Uh, uh, earning points at home. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt is about seventh in the Bundesliga table. Uh, so it's a good thing that we're going to be playing at the Waldstadion. Um, there has. RBA has won eight of the last nine. And. Oh, look, hey, we've scored at least two goals in seven of our last eight home matches. But this, this Leipzig team is a kind of steamroller. It's a little danger. Is just straight up dangerous, you know. They scare me because they got Sheik uh, up top along with Timo Vanna. Uh, Sheik kind of was a failure at Roma, but has turned out to be pretty doggone good once he puts on a Rasenball sport uh, jersey. As an American, I'm happy that Tyler Adams has returned to the starting lineup, but he is a dangerous. Uh, Central midfielder. Kind of wonder why the the national team doesn't play him there. Roman, how comfortable are you feeling uh, going up against uh, uh, the fizzy drink that is Leipzig? Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, fairly easy to say and quick and dirty. Like we we it, it's if we win, it's going to be really cool. If we lose, nobody expects anything else. So all we can do is actually win. I think I'm actually pretty excited about it. I think we can uh, after winning to Hoffenheim. I think the team. Is uh, wants to make up something, and uh, I mean, why not? You know, I mean, like uh, we 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 don't have anything to lose. Um, worst case, we don't win, which everyone expects, as I said. But yeah, I think we have a, we have a good chance. I think uh, they're excited. They want to. They know that they can win. And uh, if Leipzig has a bad day, we got a good day. Boom, we beat them. You know, and uh, and the whole league is uh, will be excited about it. You know, um, because. And nobody wants Leipzig as a champion uh, of the Bundesliga. So we, it's our part now. So it's our duty um, to, you know, to make them show, you know, not with you. The Bundesliga doesn't need you and you don't need a title. <laughs> I put it that simple. Uh, Robin, this is, look, this is the this the time that I knew would one day come as the dog is going just absolutely crazy. <laughs> just would rather bite her tail than listen to this Rosenbaum sport positive uh, things to say about them. She is very, Eintracht Emmy is a very opinionated dog, especially when it comes to her beloved Eagles. Uh, uh, Roman, I think this team is 
this is going to be a real tough nut to crack and we really have to play our a game we need to score early to put them on the back foot and we need to score from the run of play in the field not just whipping across in and pumping in a goal now uh i mean their best central defender in terms of heading the ball um defensively and attacking wise and Willie Orban is out so that does lend me hope to think that Dost will be able to put his head on the ball and knock one in but we can't just rely mm. on that no I mean it would be good defense solid defense they have to be strong in the back and get one or two chances that they actually score and mm -hmm. Trop has to you know probably do a little bit of magic and uh yeah and but I mean that's all we I mean we I'm an optimist, right? So let's just go in there. I'm going to put some money on a victory to Frankfurt, as you say. Um, the um, the the odds are against us. So boom, let's use let's use it, and channel it and beat it. Indeed, I think that the Eintracht, if we get the if the crowd is really supposed to be angry about it, all we need is one goal, and the crowd is going to be jumping on them like we did when we played. Strasbourg, which is which some people have said is the loudest the stadium has been this year. But um yeah, all we need is the team to get the fans to get behind the team and not just behind the team, we're talking your your uh corporate level seats, you know, the uh the someone once called them the cemetery seats because you know no one ever yeah. moves or says anything and gets into it, basically acting like as though they're dead and just watching the game. So Roman, uh prediction yeah. time. What is the scoreline gonna be? We gotta win one oh. One oh. I have a feeling this is gonna be an absolute slugfest. A little bit a little more scoring, Roman. Uh I don't see the Eintracht winning this one. I do see it being uh two to two. So it's gonna right. be quite the interesting match, needless to say. So okay, I'll I'll, I'll go with that too. But uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's gonna wrap up this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, episode one hundred and fifteen. Roman, it's been great having you back on. We need thank you, to, Brian. We need to get the whole team back more and more often. But with our absolutely you know, ever changing work schedules, one going here, one going there, it's always a little hard to be able to pull it off. So it's always awesome when we get together. So what, I think what we also needed the break, you know, so I think it's all good. And you can follow me at uh, SF Bay Eagles on Twitter and Instagram. There you go, folks. And you can follow the show that is uh, on Twitter at HEFpod, facebook.com slash HEFpod. You can also send a, shoot us emails uh, to get your fan story kind of put out there in case you do not wish to. Uh, join us over the air if you have a preference that way. That is hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. You can also follow me. That is at KCSGE on Twitter. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, choose. Choose. Hey,